You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on The Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. basketball overtime as Pirates get it done today over Toledo. How about that? Welcome in Kyle Barber. Kyle from the Grange. What's up, dude? Yeah, they burned like a rocket. Uh, Toledo coming in 26 wins last year, regular season MAC champions. Um, I believe they were an NIT team last year. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong about that. Um, uh, had already beaten UAB and Valparaiso. Yep. So a uh, huge win for the Pirates. They were number 32, just outside of top 25 receiving votes. So a uh, huge, huge win for the Pirates. Yeah, ranked 32nd in both the AP and coaches poll based on the number of votes they were receiving and uh, had four starters back from that 26-win team that you mentioned in, in addition to a solid start to, to this season and averaging um, a little over 90 points per game. Uh, what what a win for Mike Schwartz and the Pirates. That was Great. a good win. I would consider – I don't know if you guys, I, from a talent level standpoint, I don't see what y'all think. Do you, do you think Toledo's an American, uh, a mid-tier American quality, American conference quality team? I mean, yeah, they were. Uh, <clears throat> I think with the, they have a good, they have a good program, and yeah, I would say I would. I that was the team that you know it's funny going into the tournament. Bubba and I were talking about that last Friday. They were the favorite to win the whole tournament, and uh, here they are now with two L's in the tournament. So they've got one more game tomorrow, but. Uh, Bubba and I were talking about we thought they they would win the tournament and they were favored to win the tournament is my understanding. Yeah, of course they were. I mean, based on who's in it and, you know, them them being just outside the top 25 and the wins they've already had. That was a great win. And then uh, we'll break the game down and we'll break down yesterday's game more. But you just quick turnaround. You got UT Arlington tomorrow, who uh, is another decent basketball program, and then ODU Saturday. So um, it's a lot of. It's a, it's a good stretch here. This is – we started off with three, quote-unquote, easy opponents. The games weren't easy, but but on paper they were easy opponents. Now, we, uh, now we're playing four uh, four pretty good teams in a row with Indiana State, Toledo, Arlington, and um, Old Dominion. And, Dave, that's something that was brought up this afternoon um, by Jeff Charles and my, 
Mike Perry on the broadcast, and uh, and that is just how uh, you know, kind of what Kyle was saying there. I'm um, just you know, the, the quality of the, the schedule and, and these games, and you, you looked at it, um, Toledo, um, everything they had done, uh, some some quality wins and scoring uh, coming into this tournament, uh, over 95 points per game. And um, they lost yesterday to Kansas City and then today um, to the Pirates by 11. And uh, what a what an early season win uh, for the for the ball club. And uh, I know before we really dive into today's game, we wanted to go back and uh, quickly take a look at the Pirates 79-75 loss uh, yesterday uh, to Indiana State. And the Sycamores and jumped out to a 13-4 lead, and then the Pirates battle back and you know it was kind of honestly i'm just thinking off the top of my head i don't know that we ever led in the first half but we cut it down to two or three is back up to seven down down to five back up to nine and i think we went in down five at at halftime and then in the second half um with about eight with about eight or eight and a half minutes left um we were down by 16 which which kind of mirrored those first three games but uh, less time on the clock. But to the Pirates' credit, uh, they they whittled that lead down to at least two, maybe three, and uh, ended up losing by four. And it was really the inability to uh, to guard the basketball. And then um, you know we didn't you know, cut guys off, let them get to the cup, and then also uh, just could not make free throws, which is something that, as we'll talk in a few minutes, that we were able to do today in the 11-point win against Toledo. But yesterday, we were 24 out of 38 from the charity stripe, 14 missed free throws. That was definitely the ball game. Yeah, that was that was definitely, you know, it, nobody's saying you go 100% from the line, but 24 out of 38 is not getting it done. And I always say that's the difference between good teams and great teams is can you shoot free throws. And I, I said before, it's kind of like that's like special teams for basketball. And you got to be able to make your free throws. And it's just uh, – that was like Kyle said, the difference in the game. And you look at we pretty much in the second half, if you look at it between the box score, we played even. Um, we lost by four ultimately, um, but we uh, man, we played played well in the second half. But like that was to me the one thing. But I knew Bubba would have the stat on that. That was the one thing that just keeps bothering me is knowing that we could be five and zero. Oh, you know, not knocking the team. They got a great win today, but. Man, we were so close to five and zero, oh. um, and that's one thing that'll be interesting to see moving forward. Is not only the tomorrow's game and Old, Old Dominion um, that game coming up, but also the fact that we've got the conference games coming up. How well will this pirate team do in conference play? Um, so we've got to do rack up as many wins as we can. Bubba was a ten non-conference games, so we're halfway through. We, uh, we have thirteen. 13, okay. Yeah, because I think we played 31 games overall in the regular season, 13 non-conference, 18, and eight, eight, 18 within the American. Yeah. Um, and before we um, – we want to spend the majority of our time talking about the Toledo win, um, but taking a look back uh, at some of the individual scoring very quickly for that 79-75 loss against Indiana State yesterday. Uh, Javon Small, what a – what a game for Javon, 27 points, six rebounds. Also had a couple of assists, a couple of steals. 
in 35 minutes. He was 7 out of 11 from the floor, 3 out of 5 from beyond the arc, 10 out of 13 from the charity stripe. So Javon Small shot free throws very well. But, uh, you know, many of the other guys on the team struggled. But um, Brandon Johnson had another double-double, 12 points, 13 rebounds. You had Quentin DeBunge, another solid game. He was obviously coming off that game where he scored, I believe it was either 16 or 17 against Hampton and really helped the Pirates come back, um, knocking down at least a pair of threes, if not a cup, excuse me, if not three threes uh, late in that game. And then Caleb LeCount um, had 13 points yesterday against the Sycamores in 19 minutes, five out of 10 from the floor, uh, but just two out of five from the free throw line. And then the Pirates as a team, again, 24 out of 38 from the charity stripe. They shot 22 out of 52 from the floor, uh, 42.3%, 7 out of 22 from three uh, in the four-point loss to Indiana State. And then you, you look at the game, today's game against Toledo, and it's a close game for a long time. It was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then all of a sudden, late, the Pirates just put Toledo away. I'll tell you what, uh, one thing I've noticed about this team so far, we play well late in games. We are really well conditioned. We are. And you heard that from several of the guys, um, both members of the team and members of the team um, previously that opted to transfer. Uh, and that was uh, a lot of running and, and certainly paying dividends, as you say, and when you talk about today's game, the Pirates jumped out to a 23-10 to 10 lead. And then I think Toledo went on something like a 21-2 to run and ended up I think only led by one at half. But uh, with that 21-2 to run, it took a 31-25 to 25 lead. So the Pirates went from up 13 to down six. And I think that says a lot about this team, that they responded and uh, did what they did. Um, not only winning the game, but winning going away, uh, building as much as, I think, 15-point lead at 82-67 in the second half. Yeah. yeah. The, the great thing about this team is uh, the fight they have in this team. And then, <clears throat> guys, if you think about it, there's only six returning guys. And I think that you're starting to see now guys, you know, the people were asking about, I've heard that so many times, why are we getting down every, you know, game? Um, but the, the bottom line is the learn to play together. Yeah, exactly. The, there's a, you got to develop chemistry. I don't care how great those players are. They, it's still a team sport. And so I think that's, what's been, you're starting to see as you see like different times in the game where there's just, wow, the shooting, everything is just really good and um, not making excuses for the team. But I like the fact that even today, like if, you, if this team gets down, you always know they're going to come back. I tell you what, a game like today can do is, you know, the the guys seem to be buying in anyway. But a game like today, and now if we can add on top of that and uh, beat Arlington tomorrow, or even if we lose to Arlington, go on the road and beat ODU, if we you, you could really they could really start having a lot of confidence because you you beat a team like Toledo uh, that you know it's projected to do a lot of the good things. It can really it can help the buy in even more. And, uh, you know, we're well-conditioned. We play a lot of players. 
Um, I don't think we're the most talented team out there. We do have some talent. I think we're, I think we're more talented than what people thought we were going to be. Um, and I, uh, I don't know. I like the way we play together so far. I like how, how we just don't give up. You know, I like Schwartz's attitude. He seems like a very likable guy. He seems like the players play good for him. And I'll tell you an interesting fact. Somebody told me, and I won't say who, uh, Joe Dooley actually said that Coach Schwartz was a good coach and it was a good hire. Um, so uh, that was interesting to hear. So, uh, yeah, it's not a, <clears throat> we've said along, it's not a matter that Schwartz is a bad coach. And I'll tell you one thing. Um, that impressed me. Uh, Kyle, you're going to find this interesting. I don't know if you know this. Um, Bubba probably does. But uh, uh, Coach Schwartz told his players that he will never cuss at them in practice or in a game. Um, I just found that, like, that's just bizarre. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just, like, think about all the coaches you've been around, whether you played for them, whether you've... Uh, well, I think it's just some people just don't like Bubba, doesn't, doesn't cuss. I think some people just don't cuss. And... Uh, I don't really think – I really don't think it's a uh, – I cuss like a sailor. I don't really think it speaks to your character, whether you cuss or don't cuss. I think um, perhaps uh, for some young men, particularly of today's mindset, that everybody seems to be extra sensitive, that perhaps having a coach that doesn't cuss at you uh, maybe could pay dividends. Um, if he's – you know, I'm sure he coaches them hard, but, uh, you know um, – it, maybe it makes the players feel like they respect that he respects them more, and because of that, they respect him and play hard for him. Taking a look at some of the post game notes uh, from today's matchup, uh, Pirates scored a season high fifty four points in the second half. Um, that's the most points they scored in either half. Um, led by thirteen at the midpoint of the first half, as I mentioned, but then trailed thirty two to thirty one. At halftime, um, Toledo went on an 18-0, then 21-2 run. So that's that's remarkable <laughs> if you think yeah. about it to yeah. uh, allow the other team to go on an 18-0 run and then win the game by double figures and actually be up by uh, 15 at one point. Uh, Javon Small scored 24 points in today's game following up yesterday's 27-point effort, and that's his third 20-point game of the season. And listen to these numbers for Javon Small. He's averaging, I think, 21 and a half a game, 4.6 rebounds, and 5.4 assists per game. Wow. Just unbelievable what Javon Small is doing. And I know last year he's playing behind Tristan Newton and Tremont Robinson White and some very good guards. Um, But he's better than Robinson Wright. Tremont Robinson Wright. I'm sorry. It's. uh, it's, yeah, unbe- yeah. it's unbelievable what he's doing. Uh, Brandon Johnson posting a third straight double-double, and uh, we'll go over those numbers specifically here in a few minutes uh, when we go over the individual scoring. Um, but uh, unbelievable start to his his uh, 22-23 season. And then, as we already mentioned, Toledo was ranked 32nd in the AP and the coaches' polls. I wish they could have been 25. What's the last time we'd be a top 25 team? It would have to be. Would that be Bill Harry and Dees? Uh, no. Well, I don't know. It may be. Uh, that's a good question now that I bring it up. I don't know that we did under no, hey, Think back. A lot of people forget about it because of the COVID season. In the in the COVID season. Oh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There, was all, there were tens of people there to see it. 
but, that, but we, we beat no, we we beat number five Houston. That's right. That's, uh, yeah, yeah that's I forgot right. about that. Forgot yeah. all about that. Me too, because that I was there, but it was very eerie, because that's a game that you would think that the students would run. You know. Yeah, and they would have if they would have been allowed. I know, to I know. I just say, like you know, like, it was so weird. It was almost like a scrimmage and not a real game. You know. Brian Bailey talked about how odd it was. He said, "You just beat the number five team in the country, and I think we won by eight to ten points. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't that close. I mean, there in the waning seconds, yes, it was close uh, for the majority of the game, but there in the final two or three minutes, we really pulled away, uh, where we didn't have to sweat it out as we often do, and and he said it's." The buzzer sounded, you know, and they went and shook hands and just walked off to the locker room like it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah those 2020 was weird, 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 weird. That whole – I don't even want to think about it. In the last year, they really uh, – <laughs> wow, they turned it on on us early and, and never looked back. So they had that game – as we talk all the time in football, they had that game circle, guys. It was That was one of the worst games we had last year. Uh, with the last season with Dooley. No doubt. And um, looking at the individual scoring, some of the top scores in this one, uh, both for the Pirates as well as the Toledo Rockets, um, Javon Small, 24 points, seven assists, three out of four from three, nine out of ten from the charity stripe. Uh, R.J. Felton, another tremendous game for R.J., um, 14 points, four out of six from three, and then Brandon Johnson, um, like I mentioned, the third of three straight double doubles. That's and, consistency. And, and Brandon had 14 points and 10 rebounds. Shoemate led the way for Toledo with 25, Dennis 21, and Milner Jr. also scoring double figures with 11. <clears throat> yeah. It's what, go ahead, Dave. No, you go ahead, Cole. What do we know about UC Arlington tomorrow? Uh, I know. Uh, seems like what are they Southland? Seems like they. Uh, seems like they're a race. Or no, are they Sun? One time they were Sun Belt. What conference are they in? Sun Belt, are they? I believe they they have moved on from the Sun Belt. But um, are they in the Valley? Are they in the Southland? They, oh, I thought they were still okay. I think the Sun Belt might have got rid of non-football. Today. Yeah, I'll confirm that um, as far as what league they're in. Um, but a little about about UTA. Um, they are three and three after today's win over a solid Northern Kentucky club that just actually beat Cincinnati. Um, but and I think that victory, the NKU and that regional rivalry, as they're of course just across the river from uh, Cincinnati, uh, that that win over the Bearcats may have even been by, by ten or more. But um, they they defeated NKU today, sixty to fifty seven, and that is their first win over Division One opponents. Wow, but they, but they have played a tough schedule. Um, you know, as far as their D one opponents are concerned, they uh, started the year with Oklahoma State, lost by 11, 77, 66. Then they had a couple of blowout wins by forty plus against D three opponents, and then they, and then they lost to Nevada, sixty two, forty three, and to Drexel out of the CAA, fifty nine, thirty eight. Uh, so really, uh, outside of that, Oklahoma State. Game uh, their games against Division One competition had not been all that competitive, uh, so um, I was a bit surprised they defeated Northern Kentucky today. Uh, so uh, with, with them, um, 
you look at those point totals. Today they scored 60, but 38, 43, 66. Um, seemingly a contrast of styles between them and us. We're averaging right around 80 points a game. So it's yeah. going to be interesting tomorrow at 1.30 to see how that one plays out. And an interesting nugget, Riley Davis, a member of Mike Schwartz's staff, spent the last three or four years on that UTA staff. Yeah, I remember that now that you said that when we hired him. I remember looking at his background and saying, he, I think he was the first assistant he hired. That's correct. So. And uh, Riley, Riley's a very good recruiter. That's so, why Schwartz brought him in. So what's that? So, so what conference are they in, Bubba? Did they really look that up? Because I'm damn well, I was reading off those numbers. I hadn't had a chance to yet, but I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah, I thought they were still. That's what <laughs> I thought they were in the Sun Belt. West and Myers. Alignment, man. Conference realignment. They may be in the WAC now. Um, the WAC was uh, adding a bunch of schools. Um, they were trying to bring back football at the FCS level, and I don't know if that's going to happen now because uh, they had some schools uh, end up going to what's going to be the new Conference USA. Um, so I, I don't know. I, but Bubba's going to find out that. This is interesting information. This is our opponent tomorrow. It would be nice to know what conference they're playing. But um, then after that one, guys, Saturday, you, you travel up to Norfolk to take on the Monarchs of Old Dominion. And uh, I believe that's another one that's on Flow Sports or, or, or no. No, Flow's out of the, they're out of the CAA. They're out of conference. USA. They're in the Sun Belt. So that one will be on ESPN Plus. I yep, thought this true. may have been the case, but I was not 100%. And uh, as Justin Butts uh, just chimed in as well, saying, um, UT Arlington is in the, the wacky whack. I was right. I said the whack also. That's that's what okay. I may have joined the whack because the whack was adding a bunch of teams. Um, yes. So uh, crack is whack. Um, New Mexico State had dominated that league for years, and uh, now they're leaving it to go to CUSA because you know for football reasons. So uh, anyway, uh, so we're playing a team from the whack tomorrow, um, and then uh, as I said, Old Dominion on Saturday from the Sun Belt. And Charles, what time is that Old Dominion game Saturday? Is that that do, do we do we get seven o'clock? Seven, okay, so we if we win the football game, yeah. we can all be happy and watch the basketball game. And, yep. and I have a little news there for Pirate Nation as far as um, who will be on the call for the basketball game. Scott Rogers. So wow. um, earlier this evening, uh, Scooter and I were exchanging a few text messages, and um, you know, more specifically about baseball, and uh, he, he will be back as the voice of the Pirates this year uh, in baseball. And he said he's also doing the ODU basketball game on the men's side, and he'll be doing some women's games as well in basketball. So he's on the radio broadcast for us, filling in for Jeff Charles. Yes, because obviously, obviously Jeff will be in Philadelphia. I thought for, you for a minute, I thought he was doing the ESPN Plus broadcast. I was like, I was like, really, for ODU? That's interesting. But you're, you're talking about filling in for Jeff. Yes, filling in for Jeff, Jeff since he'll be on the call for football. Cool. Yeah, Charles, uh, by the way, Charles says that the Ken Palm has ECU in the 190s. I was wondering about that. And uh, UNT Arlington in the 300s. Well, you know, for what that's worth, it should be. We, I wonder what the spread is, guys. The line should be out. Well, it might yeah. not come out till tomorrow. I don't know. But uh, it's not that it matters. But just, since, just you brought, since you brought up lines uh, today, uh, honestly, before the game was played, I had not even checked the line. Or a ten-point dog, I believe. We were uh, we were eleven and a half-point dog, yeah. and uh, I, and obviously ended up almost covering that ourselves as far as uh, 
obviously we covered, but you know, we, we about double the spread. We ne- we nearly won by twelve. Yeah. Well, let's hope that don't happen in football in reverse this week. Mm, don't say that. <laughs> just oh, like no. just like last week, uh, what? Um, not I'm not talking about our game, but uh, South Carolina. They were oh man, what a twenty one and a half yeah, point. They were, and then and then beat Tennessee by twenty five. Yeah. No. It, Nobody saw that coming. No, they did not. I, I know I did not. <laughs> and then also Johnny Robertson chiming in on Facebook as well. Uh, JR says uh, last season, uh, through five games the Pirates were plus 66 in the first half and minus 22 in the second half. This season they're minus 27 in the first half and plus 65 in the second half. Great, stuff, great stuff there. And uh, Thank you, JR. That's definitely uh, – appreciate that's you definitely. computing those numbers for us. That's definitely a comment on the uh, on the condition of this uh, basketball team. We are they seem to be extremely well conditioned. They seem to play a lot of players. I don't. So, I, I I'm not the biggest basketball fan in the world. You know, and I'm not. You know, I know much more about football and baseball than I do basketball. But uh, do, do we seem to play more players than, than most teams do, or is that just me? We play twelve today. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's usually yeah. eight to nine. Usually, and as the season wears on, I don't expect that to continue necessarily. At least, not, at, least certain, at least not in certain games. I, I'm just – my point is, and, you know, here early on, you know, he's kind of seeing what rotations work and uh, what certain guys can do. Um, I think we will probably end up playing more than most, and we'll, we'll see. I think in the – I think we may have done that, uh, but, you know, going back to the first few games, but uh, – I'll bring up the box score and see who played how many minutes today. You know, outside some of the guys we've already mentioned, I think it helps tire people out in the second half when you when you when you're constantly bringing in fresh bodies. You know, if there's a huge, significant drop off in talent. I think I think it you know it helps tire it helps tire the other team out because they're playing against fresh guys. I think they're oh, yeah. trying to find out the right combo of uh, players, but yeah, I, I do think that another thing too, guys, is to mention uh, Kyle's talked about it a lot is the transfer portal. And you know how that's hurt us so many years, over so many years has hurt our basketball program. And uh, I think there's a lot of talent on the team. So they want to keep them happy. I think it's, it's a lot of, I think it's a lot of factors, but you're right, Kyle, when you have the talent, use it. Yeah. And uh, you look at Tristan Newton, it, not Tristan Newton. I'm sorry. It, the, the kid from Boston college. Winston tabs. Winston tabs. Uh, if he can ever get back healthy and get back in the flow of the game, be what he was at BC, it, we, you put him with Small and Felton and and Brandon. I mean, uh, you know, the potential's there. And I love and, Caleb Count. I think he's a great player, and I know this size. Um, but hey, Bubba, what about like Muggsy Bogues? You know, like with uh, Caleb Count, it's like what five seven. Is that the kid from Los Angeles? Yeah, I like him a lot. So, looking at today's box score, yeah, Brandon Johnson played 20, Quentin DeBunge, 27, Javon Small, 37, R.J. Felton, 24, David Kasanganai, 9, and those were your starting five. Um, okay. David Kasanganai, um, he, he got back-to-back starts the last two days, uh, which speaks to the energy and you know, also shooting ability that he's, that he's brought. Um uh, Valentino Pinedo played nine. Ezra Osar played eight. Luigi Debo played five. Uh, Benjamin Bayela played 11. 
Caleb LeCount, 14. Jaden Walker, 30. And Winston Tab, 6. Uh, so you did have 12 guys play. Um, seven of those 12 played in excess of 11 minutes. Yeah. And, then the, and then the others played anywhere from 6 to 9. So uh, I do think with Coach Schwartz, the way we want to play defensively, in a more up-tempo style that um, instead of playing you know, seven, eight guys, I do think you're going to probably see 10 or 11 most games. But I think I think you'll see probably about eight guys play the bulk of the minutes and then those other two or three, four guys play anywhere from five to 10 like they did tonight. I like the fact that uh, I, when you look at our non-conference schedule, I love the the South Carolina game in Greenville, South Carolina. It's fun to have a big name, non conference opponent like that uh, on, on the schedule. It gives you, yeah, particularly if we keep winning, it really gives you a, a game to look forward to before conference play. That's a very winnable game. Um, the the Gamecocks have struggled here early on. They are off to a two and three start. I mean, they had a two point loss to Clemson on a buzzer beater. Excuse me, they, excuse me, a two-point victory over Clemson. So that is, that's one of their two wins. They lost by 32 to Colorado State uh, down in the Charleston Classic. Uh, and then they lost by 19 to Furman. You know, Furman's been solid, but, and then you also had Davidson beat them 69-60. So they played a tough schedule. <laughs> yeah, the, their losses have come against quality competition. And then they had, um, in addition to the two-point win on the buzzer beater over Clemson, they had a three-point win over South Carolina State, who was also on the Pirates' schedule. Uh, yeah. and, that, and that is coming out of this tournament. You mentioned going to Old Dominion Saturday. And then the Pirates will play South Carolina State on November 29th at 7 o'clock. It's next Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm even thinking about driving to Norfolk. It's only two hours from my house to watch that uh, that ODU game. Uh, I love that CAA rivalry from back in the day. So uh, we'll see if we can make that trip happen. That will be a lot of fun. And uh, tickets are not too expensive, so um, not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always fun to play the Monarchs, um, and uh, particularly in basketball. And uh, so it'd be, be nice to go up to uh, – to Norfolk, to uh, I don't know what the hell the name of the arena is now. I believe it's to, at least it used to be. I think maybe it has a corporate sponsor now. It used to be the, the Ted uh, Constant Convocation you know, Center. You know what? I'm not sure if it's not Town Bank, Bubba. Um, but now that you say that, I know that's where they're located. So uh, the corporate offices are in Norfolk. So um, either way, uh, get a chance to beat uh, to beat ODU on the road. And Charles. Once again, chiming in on Facebook, um, brings up um, Quentin Bouger and he believes that he has a very high ceiling and will be a player. And I agree, Charles. Love what I've seen out of out of Quentin to date. No question, and <clears throat> and also the fact I like Coach Schwartz. The fact that he's recruiting, most recruit local kids. He's putting a strong emphasis on smart two five two and the North Carolina, you know, like the state and region and. There's a lot of good basketball and and a gas tank away in any direction. So yeah, yeah. If, we, if we're ever going to be successful here, even if it's from the portal, I've always said that we've got to be able to recruit Eastern North Carolina kids, and it's something we have not been able to do. 
and um, we got to start doing it. That's one of the most encouraging things about this team. I mean, if we were off to this start, no matter what, it would be exciting. But to me, when you when you see just there's so much youth and inexperience, and for us to be doing the things that we're doing with such an inexperienced roster and guys that haven't played together, and that, that's remarkable. And um, there were so many unknowns coming into this season, and we were like, where are the points going to come from? And then you have Javon Small averaging 21.5 points a game, and then and then uh, Brandon Johnson averaging a double-double. That's not as surprising because we, we had seen uh, a larger sample size of Brandon, and uh, but he wore down a bit um, during the American portion of the schedule last year, which was not surprising, but uh, we certainly knew what he was capable of. But this was Javon Small. We knew who he was talented. And uh, he just didn't have the opportunity to show it as much last year, but he's developed himself physically and uh, gotten a lot stronger, worked on his game and had the opportunity to show what he can do. And boy, has he through five ball games? Yeah. Nice surprise uh, for sure. RJ Felton, we, we uh, felt good about him. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun this season, especially uh, we'll see how we do the second half of the stretch, if you will, for the non-conference and, and the American and how we do uh, there. It's going to be, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Uh, no doubt about it. And uh, we, uh, we have some, do we have any other scores, Bubba, before we get out of here? We do. Um, I'll go to the scoreboard here in just a moment. Um, before Take we do step. that, um, very quickly wanted to run over the, the team stats. I realized I had not done that for today's ball game against Toledo. Uh, again, the Pirates victorious 86 to 75 over the 32nd ranked Rockets. Uh, East Carolina shot 47.5% from the floor, 28 out of 59, 12 out of 25, uh, scorching 48% from three, 18 out of 22, um, right at 82% from the charity stripe. And they out rebounded Toledo 35 to 23. 15 assists for the Pirates, 7 for Toledo, and East Carolina had 12 turnovers while Toledo had 10. What jumps out to me on that is the rebounds and the free throws. Yeah, and not only that, but Bubba, how many times we talked about, look at that three-point shooting, 48%. That's great, too. I mean, that, you know, the the rebound, I didn't know the rebound differential was so much uh, different there, Bubba, but, and how about the assist, like two to one there? Um, so that's, uh, that's yeah. impressive, but the, rebounds to me. And, and again, I'm not a basketball guy, but to me, rebounds one of the most important part of the game because you get a chance to get a second shot and you get a chance to eliminate second shots. And I, I've always thought teams that rebounded well, or, you know, win more ball games. I mean, I guess it's a dumb thing to say, but it's pretty obvious, but I, I don't, when I watch basketball, that's one thing that always annoys the crap out of me is when I see a team not, not hustling on rebounds. And, Something that was awesome to see about those 12 made threes, guys, is it's not like you had one guy knock down eight or nine. When you look at it, Javon Small, three of four. R.J. Felton, four out of six. Quentin DeBouge, three for six. And then Jaden Walker, uh, the Iowa State transfer, he was five out of six from the floor and also two out of two from three. And uh, and Jaden was just – a rebound shy of a double-double as he had 12 points and nine rebounds. Nice. So so I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Jaden offensively. He didn't do much scoring at Iowa State, and perhaps he didn't need to. He was on a team that went to the 
Sweet 16, so maybe his role there for the Cyclones was more on the, the defensive end and pulling down rebounds, which he did very well. But um, he's showing that he can score. And I made a note uh, early in the game today, uh, he had a steal and a dunk, and then on the I think it was the ensuing possession, knocked down a three uh, as the Pirates built that 23-10 to 10 first half lead. Yeah. I tell you what, it's uh... – we appreciate everybody for uh, Charles and Johnny. Thank you so much, Justin, uh, Weston, everybody for uh, tuning in. In fact, I've been enjoying the uh, Flow Sports. In fact, they had a cool thing, guys. I forgot the title of it, but basically, what they did at halftime. If you missed any of the, if you missed any of the game, they had it all packaged together, kind of like um, they do for football games after the fact, where they cut all the commercials out and everything. So they had the whole first half in that length of what is it about eighteen or twenty minutes? Yeah, that's way too expensive. Thirty dollars a month is ridiculous. ESPN Plus, which gives you so much more than Amp Flow Sports, uh, is no, nowhere I, near nowhere near that price. They are out of their minds charging thirty dollars a month, and they really take advantage of of leagues that that have contracts with them, like the Colonial. They kind of have them, you know. Dead to rise. I mean, if you're a fan of a colonial school and you got to pay those subscription prices to see your team play, I think it's two hundred dollars a year or thirty dollars a month. And that's correct. That's insanity. You're obviously, if you're a, if you're a fan of a school that's contracted through them instead of ESPN Plus, you're obviously going to do the year subscription. But uh, man, I just I, I couldn't. I, there's no way I could pay thirty dollars just to watch this tournament. I did. <laughs> yeah, I but we also did. have the we also have the Wilmington game too. So we get four. It's four games for thirty bucks, basically. And Dave, um, before we go to the scoreboard, we had David Hackney um, chiming in on Facebook. Appreciate you tuning in and chiming in, David. Um, he says is Winston Tab still recovering from knee surgery? I was expecting him to get more playing time. Uh, yes. Uh, they were pleasantly surprised. They were actually uh, not expecting him to play as early as he was, um, but him getting five to ten, maybe twelve minutes—that is part of him uh, developing that endurance and making sure things are progressing uh, the way they need to with his knee. Uh, not playing him too much time in extended minutes here early on, and then. Uh, Richard Allsbrook says, can a basketball parent Facebook live stream our game tomorrow? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think Florida so, uh, is going to like that too much. Yeah, but so, uh, uh, that, yeah, that would be cool. Uh, John Packard. And John Packard, can you yeah. uh, can you catch a flight to uh, Fort Myers and, and get down to Estero? Uh, and... Is I there? Si didn't make the trip out, did he? Uh, I'll text Michael Perry say, hey, hey uh, Michael, I'm – this may, this may cause you to lose your job. But, uh, I, was, well, I was wondering if Sai was there, so I might do it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt us. I mean, it doesn't hurt us at all uh, as far as uh, it's not like an ESPN Plus kind of thing. So, But uh, great comment there, Richard, and we appreciate you. Uh, appreciate the humor. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a damn minute. We got the answer right here. Dave can just can, we can just do a we can just do a live broadcast, and Dave can just show us the live stream from Flow Sports right here on the Sports Objective. He says, "Say no to Flow." For sure. 
What do you think, Dave? You want to do that? You, you, you think uh, you think we get taken down? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know how that works. <laughs> See? I don't know, but but uh, definitely not. Before we get, get out of here, um, wanted to go to the scoreboard. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead and go over the scores from the American from the last two days. Um, uh, so many teams playing in these tournaments. Dave, just give everybody your password real fast for Plus Sports, so we can all log in and you can watch it at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, no comment. <laughs> Bubba, right? No comment. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you off here, Kyle. Yeah, Cincinnati, Cincinnati's playing out in Maui and Maui Invitational. It's, um, and, it, and it seems weird. I believe this this actually is um, taking place in Maui uh, rather than Asheville, North Carolina, like it or another location like it has in the last couple of years with COVID. But um, Cincinnati lost yesterday to number fourteen Arizona. 101 to 93, so a shootout there uh, with Pac-12 foe Arizona. You had Wichita State defeating Grand Canyon 55-43. Nevada uh, took down Tulane 75-66. UAB defeated South Florida 80 to 65, and St. John's um, beat Temple 78 to 72. Moving on to today's action, uh, you had. I know Cincinnati fell once again. And uh, just bear with me here is my. Sorry, Bubba. There's plenty of places to get them. Yep. <laughs> Ohio, Ohio uh, in football, Ohio uh, is about to clinch the Mac East title. They're leading uh, Bowling Green 38 to 14 as we speak on ESPNU. So uh, long as okay. Ohio holds on here as they appear they're going to. They're going to win the Mac East. And Cincinnati's matchup today was. And by the way, they uh, just held on. I did not look at the clock. That's the end of the game. <laughs> Cincinnati's matchup today was an uh, in-state battle against Ohio State, but it wasn't much of a battle. It was 81 to 53 Buckeyes. Tulane got a nice win against uh, Rhode Island out of the A10, 78 to 75. South Florida defeated St. Joe's out of the A10, 75 to 62. Um, down in Daytona, down in Daytona Beach at the Sunshine Slam, uh, Richmond of the A10 uh, defeated Temple uh, at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Um, that is the Vivid Seats Empire Classic. It was the Spiders sixty-one, the Owls forty-nine. Yeah, I can tell you what happened there. I watched last night. Temple played late against St. John's and should have won that game and lost the heartbreaker to St. Yeah. John's and just came out flat. Oh man, and. So uh, our, our buddy Ryan Wallen with Al's Daily, um, Temple's 24-7 sports site, he will be with us tomorrow night for the Pirate Preview of this weekend's matchup at Lincoln Financial. And um, a couple other scores, San Francisco out of the West Coast Conference, 67, Wichita State, 63. That is a final. And then the only other game is in progress, 56 seconds remaining as the Louisiana Raging Cajuns are leading SMU 67-64. Interesting scores. I tell you, you know, obviously top-heavy with Houston, but so far, listen to the American scoreboard, I, based on what we've seen so far, I think we can compete with a lot of these schools. Yeah. Hey, by the way, um, B. Pace has a, a great uh, point he has on Facebook. In fact, I was wondering about that, Pace, so it's funny that you brought that up. 
it's the first time we have a chance for a wing record and attorney since that CIT uh, season's 2013. That's interesting. Um, well, hopefully we get it. We get two and one and take care of business against uh, UT Arlington tomorrow. And correct me if I'm wrong, Pace, it may have actually been the 13-14 um, season. It was, yeah, the second year, yeah. Pace, was it when we – was it the – it was when we played Norfolk State, and um, I'm trying to remember who else we beat. But uh, tell us who those opponents were, Pace. Oh, uh, he and said we went to three season in IT. Yeah, because and that loss was a very uh, competitive loss to to Duke. Remember, uh, that yeah. Prince Williams went off and had a had a big night. In fact, they barely, Duke barely won that game, and. Uh, and Cameron, I remember that very, very well. Uh, so we have the, uh, we'll see how everything plays out. And by the way, uh, good luck to the Pirates on Saturday. As you mentioned, Bubba will have the Pirate preview. And then we have a lot of other great programming. In fact, uh, there it is, Norfolk, Duke, McNeese, and UNC Asheville. Yeah, wow. Time is flying as it pays. You're the man. Thank you for that. It was funny because I was thinking about today about how we were one and one. And how would we fare in uh, this tournament? So thank you, Pays. Uh, you bailed me out here, and you didn't even realize it. So what time's the game tomorrow, guys? We've talked about the game a hundred times. What time is it? One thirty. One thirty p.m. So it's another afternoon game on Flow uh, Sports. Oh, and Flow <laughs> Sports and uh, one hundred seven nine or ninety four three. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website. Go to the tune. Right, you can still get it on the TuneIn app, guys. Yeah, go or, to the TuneIn tune app. In. And- <laughs> Tune in app and type in 94.3 the game, and uh, the broadcast come right up. There you go. All right. Well, good luck to the Pirates tomorrow afternoon at 1.30. And, of course, we'll have our Pirate preview, as we mentioned, uh, with Ryan Wallen, Pirates on the road on Saturday, and Philly taking on the Temple Owls. So, uh, man, Coach Houston was uh, definitely not in a good mood today at the press conference, as you can tell. Definitely not. If you haven't had a chance to go watch, Mike Houston's press conference today. Do yourself a favor and go watch it. He was uh, very, very uh, intense and uh, kind of in a pissy mood. Lou Diamond Phillips just got mad at me on Twitter. He's a UT Arlington alum. And he went too hard with a meme. How, how do you uh, – How do you piss off Lou Diamond Phillips? I mean, you, you pissed off Lou Diamond Phillips. I mean, good God. I mean, you're talking about Young Guns, Young Guns 2, La Bamba. I mean, La Bamba. Yeah, Richie Valens himself and Chavez in the Young Guns movies. Yeah, yeah. Pays is like that, you know. He's he's like he's a celebrity, so he's got to have all the you know. Well, love yeah. love love Chavez and uh in the Young Guns movies. Yeah, he pissed off Richie Valens. <laughs> Pace said that. <laughs> pissed off Richie Valens. That well, again, La Bamba's great, but I, I I'm such a Young Guns fan. I always think of him more as Chavez. Hey, it's good stuff, too. Good movies uh, there back in the day. We're going to have fun, and hopefully we can talk about a pirate victory as we get ready for uh, that. Hopefully tomorrow we'll see how – oh, wow. How, oh, man. Pays. Oh, man. What do you come up with? I put a meme that had his mugshot in it. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't realize that uh, Lou Diamond Phillips had gotten in legal trouble. Yeah, that would make anyone, I don't think that would make anybody too happy. But uh, <laughs> anyway, Pace is the man. Appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Uh, Kyle, Bubba, do you have anything before we go? Uh, good luck to the Pirates uh, tomorrow against Arlington. And 
against Temple in football, obviously, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll uh, have two wins coming up here. Check out Coach Connor's conversation on absolute empowerment um, via our YouTube channel or anywhere podcasts are found. He had a unbelievable conversation with former East Carolina assistant and then college football coaching veteran, Indianapolis Colts head coach Chuck Pagano. Um, also, um, as we said, join us tomorrow for Pirate Preview with uh, Ryan Wallen of Al's Daily. And then uh, we'll have our other programming. Uh, yeah, Ryan Wallen's a good dude. Uh, unlike a lot of uh, people from some schools that we've had on through the years, uh, Ryan Wallen always is a hell of a nice guy and uh, very level-headed. And with it being Thanksgiving week, uh, we probably will not have the inside slant on Thursday, of course. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the Egg Bowl matchup. Always enjoy watching that. This year it's taking place in Oxford. Uh, it will be interesting to see if uh, Lane Kiffin and the Rebels are able to bounce back against Mississippi State. Um, Mike What's Leach, the latest with Kiffin? Uh, Mike, Leach, Mike Leach is looking to avoid going 0-3 in the Egg Bowl. Um, and Yes, uh, there was. It was funny on social media. There was a report. I don't remember the reporter's name, but um, somewhere there in the state of Mississippi saying that he just said sources is is often the case uh, in this day and age of social media. He just said sources that Lane Kiffin is going to be taking the Auburn job on Friday. And Lane Kiffin quote tweeted it. He said, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I, uh, Why you know, would you I, go to Auburn? No, well, from the one from one standpoint, I could understand it. Maybe eventually, the Ole Miss fans are going to get tired of him not winning the West. Um, but he does win games, so you can stay ahead of the fire. Uh, but it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to leave Ole Miss for Auburn. No, and it feels like Alabama, Georgia. Then you would understand, like, what happens when Saban retires? Who do they hire? If they if they throw a lot of money at Lane Kiffin, I'm not saying that's the case. Yeah. But if they did it. And I meant to upload this picture, but like Pays mentions, he said he also tweeted that the reporter was going to the rival TV station. So that's that's awesome. Great job there, and Lane Kiffin's a must follow. That's all. I'm, I can't stand Lane Kiffin, but that's awesome. <laughs> that's really funny, and. uh We'll see how it plays out. Same way with Deion Sanders. Where is he going to go? Is yeah, uh, you know what? I, I think Deion Colorado and South Florida have been the Colorado they, doesn't make a lick of sense. So. No, that, that that would be. I mean, not that he couldn't do well there. That just seemed odd. But uh, South would, Florida definitely tell seems. Me, uh, tell me, Coach Prime uh, being in the American at South Florida that that wouldn't add some intrigue. He he would do well recruiting. I, I don't know how good of an excellence and O coach he is. He, he would depend on his staff. Him coaching at this level. But he he definitely can recruit his ass off. I think uh, I think Deion Sanders, South Florida, there's makes some sense. Yeah, I don't think Nebraska. That was another team that. Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't that makes sense that. at I all. Mean, it doesn't make any sense. But and um, to Pace's point, uh, I, what I would find very interesting. Not only do I think you know he would significantly you know, there in the state of Florida and just that reputation, his personality. Very charming. Not not only the um, not only the the talent that he could bring in, but I, I would be very intrigued to see how he would impact the gate. You know, South Florida, 
yeah. for the most part, with the exception of a handful of games here and there, you know, when they were ranked number yeah. two in the country and like during that stretch under Jim Levitt, they don't draw very well at all. But uh, with the hiring of a Deion Sanders, uh, I can imagine, you know, a lot of people that are not necessarily South Florida fans coming to the game because of the intrigue of Deion. Depends on how much success he has early. Um, I, you know, there's, there's not a lot. They're not a very good football team. I don't know how much talent's there. You would figure Dion could work the transfer portal pretty good. Uh, so he may be able to bring in talent right away. I think it would depend a lot on his staff. It's a big that step up. Yep. It's a big step up from coaching at Jackson State than it is to coach in, in the American, especially when he has FBS talent at Jackson State. They're just more talented than everybody else because of his recruiting ability. Um, so uh, if he can put together a good staff with his ability to recruit, name recognition, yeah, that could that could work for South Florida. I believe it was for Travis Hunter, the uh, the cornerback that he got to to decommit. He was headed to Florida State. Yeah, uh, he would probably be headed to Tampa. Yeah, Pace says he has Mike Zimmer on his staff now. There you go. So, yeah, the fact that he has the the fact that with a neon Dion. With primetime, I tell you, the uh, the thing about me that I'm thinking about, guys, is it makes perfect sense for many reasons. And one, let's face it, their coaching hires they've made recently at South Florida have not worked out in recent times, the last couple of coaches. So um, it may not work out for if they hire him. It may still not work out. Um, but at least they would definitely get a, a, a really buzz kind of hire that they – after Coach Scott, I think they really need to do something like it that. It would draw a lot of attention to the program. And, and again, it would be, to me, his staff. Uh, but in terms of his ability to recruit, um, he'd get players there. And like I said, it, to me, it would be interesting how well could he work the transfer portal. Um, that that would be incredibly – because you don't – probably hasn't had to do that a lot at Jackson State. But uh, it would be interesting to see coming in year one, um, just Deion Sanders – in the transfer portal, you get a coach from, you get a phone call from Dion. You're gonna listen to him. Yeah, they're undefeated right now, eleven and zero. Yeah, uh, I know. I, uh, eleven and zero. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the sponsorship money will increase for UCF. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Tampa's a big market, so lots of chance for corporate sponsorships. And you get Dion Sanders in there, it probably increases immediately. And also uh, NIL deals. You get Dion Sanders in there, um, he'll probably be able to. In, you know, get some local businesses in the Tampa St. Pete area to invest in the program, and like I said, he he would be he would be a a problem from a recruiting standpoint uh, for sure. No doubt about it, and they play in a great stadium. So, uh, I think but you won't you won't to me you want the American to be as good as it can. I mean, we're losing quality teams, so if South Florida could rise up, you know, I, I'm not scared yeah. of that. We got to maintain being good. And, and and continue to improve. Um, we we need South Florida to rise up. We need them to be good. We need we need Tulane to continue to be good. I I, I look for Willie well, Fritz. I look for Willie Fritz to go to Georgia Tech. Honestly, I, I don't know who their candidates are, but um, but we need Tulane to continue to be good. We need uh, we need UTSA as they come in the league to continue to be good. Memphis and Memphis, it, yeah, we need them to step it back up. They were good. Yeah. We we need South Florida to be UCF, yeah, to to a point. Um, I'd like for ECU to be UCF, but uh, I I think uh, what you mean, I, I think South Florida, um, they've done it before. Um, they they need it on campus stadium, and I think Dion could also help get that done. Yeah, you remember back um, 
like I mentioned, when they were ranked second in the country playing up at Rutgers. Yep. The old Big East days. But uh Yeah, they've got a they have and they have such a great market that they could with the right hire, if like you said with the coaches, they could definitely uh have the potential to turn things around. We'll have to wait and see. And another person I've heard for that job, I don't know, in recent the last couple of weeks, but Scott Frost. I I wouldn't hire Scott Frost. Um I, I don't know, man. He I heard he basically just quit at Nebraska. Um but I uh Hell was I going to say? I had, I had, you made me lose my train of thought, uh, Dave. Sorry, uh, somebody that I would look at if I was South Florida in addition to Deion Sanders would be, um, uh, Kendall Browse at Arkansas. There I see. He's definitely an up and comer. And what about, um, where did uh, Garrett Riley go? Garrett Riley's the OC at TCU. His name's coming yeah. up for the Colorado job. Uh, I'd like for Garrett to stay at TCU as OC for now. And uh, Pace was talking about FAU. Do you think they'll they'll have money coming in, being in Boca Raton? I don't know, man. Um, I don't even know what what's FAU done this year. How are they? Are they going to a bowl? I mean, they got a uh, they got. What's I'll double space? check. I think they're last I saw. I think they were five and five. They, I was going to say maybe, maybe six and five now. I'm not sure. What's his face? Is their head coach uh, the guy that was at South Florida before? Uh, and Willie Florida Taggart. State. Willie Taggart. Yeah. So uh, I I don't know. You know, Taggart's underachieved at FAU a bit. Um, Kind of thought he would do well there. Speaking of a Florida guy that can recruit Florida, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and they got a nice stadium in Boca. I don't, I don't think anybody gives a damn, but they, yes. uh, they, they have a nice stadium. We they are, they are five and six, and they are playing, yeah. they're playing Western Kentucky. Um, mm. so much <clears> for bowl eligibility. Yeah, yeah, Western Kentucky's a seven. Yeah. Western Kentucky's a seven point road favorite. Um, obviously, um, with FAU needing to win to become bowl road. Yeah, West Kentucky's pretty good. That guy's a good coach. That's one of uh, that's one of the um, oh God, help me out, Bubba. The the family there, the guy that used to be at Houston, the other guy, Hel- Helton. Yeah, that's one of the Helton brothers. And, uh, Tyson, Tyson Helton. I think. Yeah, Tyson Helton. He's done a good job at Western Kentucky. And um, so there in in CUSA. Uh, you have them at seven and five. You have UTSA, another stellar season. They're at nine and two, and odds are um, they'll get West, 10, Western 10, is already 10 and seven and five. Or do you mean seven and four? It says seven and five. I'm looking. Uh, I, huh? Why did they play Hawaii? They played Hawaii. They beat they beat Hawaii forty nine seventeen. Okay, so did everybody else. <laughs> Hawaii's horrible, but uh, yeah, well, it, I can't believe that Hawaii won three games. I know one was over Duquesne, but they actually, um, they must have at least shown a little improvement because uh, the way they were playing early on, I didn't think they would beat anybody. Well, it was a dumb hire to, to hire the. I don't care what he was to your program. They hired the wide receivers coach from Nevada to be their head coach. Is what they did, and I don't care if Timmy Chang was their quarterback or not. They hired the – that would be like if we hired uh, Magazoo because he's secondary coach at UNLV to be our head coach. It was the same damn thing. They they have owned the state of Nevada this year. They they beat UNLV 31-25, and they beat Nevada 31-15. Well, he made sure when he went back to Nevada, he at least took care of business. Yep. Well, guys, we'll have to see how – 
that all plays out. But uh, stay, keep it right here for all the latest uh, what's going on with ECU sports and beyond. And certainly with uh, we'll let you know anything if we hear anything. Um, maybe uh, we'll see how things play out with a bowl situation. Well, there seems to be a lot of talk of Fenway. Um, I, I don't know if we win. Seems like Fenway may be the likely destination. We have made it clear to the conference that we do not want to go to the military bowl. So uh, it will likely be Fenway. Um, if we win, if we lose, it could be anywhere from Fenway to Myrtle beach to uh, Buck or a ton to, to, to Orlando to the cure bowl. But it sounds like Fenway, if we win against temple that the Fenway bowl wants us. So please come to Boston. Yeah, All not right. my choice. I'd rather go to Myrtle beach. I'd, I'd love to play Appalachian and Myrtle beach. I'd love to win, beat temple, still go to Myrtle beach. And App beat Georgia Southern. I'd love to see uh, us get revenge on App for last year. That would be uh, – And you'd have a sold-out stadium. Yeah, Pays, I don't uh, – they don't want to go to the military Yeah, board. we're not going to the military ball, Pays. Uh, John Gilbert has made it. Unless the conference makes us, we're not going to the military ball. Not going to happen. Gilbert has made it abundantly clear privately and now publicly. Yeah. Uh, to, to, was it on Patrick Johnson's show? That, uh, it was on the pregame show on Saturday. Okay. The Bud Light yeah, game, I guess it is, on 94.3 The Game on Saturday. He had an interview with – and they played it again on this morning before the uh, before the pregame for uh, for this ba- for the basketball game today that went over Toledo. So, And he uh, stated that, that we did not want to go to the military bowl. And I've heard from behind the scenes he stated it even more um, – with more vigor than that, um, that we didn't want to go to the military ball again this year. So it sounds like, uh, sounds like, um, if we win, uh, I hope you guys like cold weather in Boston, by the way, and somebody needs to check this. We'll get the hell out of here. We'll, we'll have it for the next episode. I believe that's like the last place ball for the ACC. So I want to make sure the ACC is going to fill that spot because I do not want to end up playing UConn in the Fenway ball. Oh. Yeah. Ticket sales would not be good for that game. No, and and you talk about an under you talk about a team that's overachieved, and it would be playing in their elements. So that that would that would be uh, very advantageous for a UConn upset. Yeah, B pays. That's, uh, that's yeah. What, that I would like that. ECU Duke to Fenway would be great. That would be a good one. Good matchup, I think, for sure. All right, so again, Pirates win today. Thanks for everybody listening and watching Pirate basketball overtime. And it's right here on the Sports Objective. Thank you, Kyle and Bubba, as well. Let's get out of here. You've been watching it right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and go Pirates. Through the island, man, it's crazy in here. A whole sea of purple and gold waving in here. Keep a plank for the shark tank, traders beware, because we got a whole bunch of body sailors in here. You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Like and follow our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show, and go pirates!